just a tidbit of my personal story with our daughter's care needs and the pregnancy, I really struggled um, when both kids were young. And um, it was very difficult to take care of my own self. And um, that did not go well. I ended up having a severe mental health um, crisis. And so I would just say first and foremost, we have to take care of ourselves. You're listening to the Water Prairie Chronicles, a podcast that supports parents of children with disabilities by sharing the stories of individuals who have grown up with disabilities and the organizations available to help parents along the way. Stay connected with us by clicking the subscribe button and leave us a comment if you want to join in on the conversation. Welcome back to the Water Prairie Chronicles. Today we have a special guest on with us, and this is Kristen Faith Evans. Kristen is an author, a speaker, a mental health specialist, a wife, a mom of two beautiful children, and many more things that I can't even tell you about. So I'm going to have Kristen introduce herself to us. So welcome, Kristen. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, as you mentioned, I uh, I play many roles right now. Um, first, uh, my husband and I celebrated 20 years of marriage this oh, year. Congratulations! Quite a feat. Thank you. Um, that's a different story. And I do have two beautiful children who have different rare genetic disorders and complex needs. I uh, am an author and a speaker, and I have my master's in um, social work. So my passions kind of collide there. Perfect. All right. So you mentioned that both of your children have rare genetic disorders. Can you talk about that a little bit? Let's start with your oldest child. So what, what, what can you tell about us and when did you first learn about it? Mm-hmm. Our son um, is about to turn 16 in August. So this was, uh, I was pregnant 16 years ago and uh, pregnancy went great. He uh, was born um, what they believed healthy um, and typical, but very quickly he began becoming very sick and the doctors could not figure out what was wrong. And um, by the time he was six months old, he ended up on a feeding tube. He was having seizures. Um, he just could not keep anything down. So he was failure to thrive and the doctors were just baffled. And so they re-ran all the genetic testing again, every single test again, um, all the different tests for different diseases. <laughs> and finally it came back that he was the 13th known case in the world at that time with his specific genetic metabolic wow. disorder he's missing a protein to digest um, a specific amino acid valine. Okay. And when he was born in Illinois, that was not on the heel prick because it was so rare. Right. So treatment was trial and error for him since he was the 13th known case. And there were, I think, two papers on it um, in terms of what they had seen in the other 12, 12 children. And um, he, once we got him medically the treatment he needed, he started growing, he started gaining weight, right. the seizures stopped, you know, his nutrition. Then uh, the de developmental red flags began. And so that, that began our journey of saving him developmentally after already trying to save him medically. He still has many medical complications today, but he's, he's after all the interventions that we began when he was little, he's doing very well. When he was three, I became pregnant with my daughter. 
And um, that pregnancy was a nightmare from the beginning. And we knew that something was, was not right. And found out at 20 weeks that she has a severe chromosomal deletion called Creedy-Shaw syndrome, her fifth chromosome, the short arm, um, is, has a chunk missing. We'll just say it's pretty severe. And, um, she was not supposed to survive. She did. And, um, she was in the NICU for three months and her life has been very challenging. Um, medically she's very fragile. She has a lot of different complications. She's on a feeding tube, um, goes into serious respiratory problems. We spend a lot of time in the ER and hospital. And developmentally, um, she is moderately to severe intellectually disabled um, and can walk. They said she never walk, but she runs. She falls a lot, um, but she runs and she is just full of life. She is just the joy of the room. So my day could, I can make my plans, but my day can end up looking like anything. <laughs> sounds like it. The, um, now your daughter, how old is she now? She turned 12 in January, okay. so 12 and a half. Right. So you, you said they were, they were three, th- three years apart or four years apart now? Three, I think by the time she was born, it was about three and a half years, okay. three and a half years apart. So, so, you, were, so you were juggling a toddler, almost pre, preschooler with all of this at the same yes, time. With lots and lots of different needs. Mm-hmm. So looking back with your son, let's start with that. Um, so when he, so you had the, the feeding issues at first and well, nu- nutrition issues because his body wasn't getting mm-hmm. what he needed. Um, so is that easier to control now for him he is doing very well um however a little illness can send him to the er okay his body he becomes dehydrated very very quickly even though he's drinking liters of gatorade so his body goes into hypovolemic shock um, and any little illness just really wears down his body with the metabolic disorder so we have to be very very careful so I know that there's more research in recent years than even 10 years ago of digestive issues, of mm-hmm. the use of enzymes to try to help and all. Um, and so I'm sure some of our listeners have faced, if not the same thing, similar types of things with their children. Do you have any advice for a young parent who's looking at the nutritional side of things as far as what is it that they're looking for to know maybe a red flag to pursue more testing or to ask questions of the doctor? and even some tips on those early feeding times for your son. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, now this is gonna be the very professional technical first answer. Go with your parent's heart. Mm-hmm. Um, someone said, listen to your mother's heart. And I gotta tell you, every single time mm-hmm. that feeling in my gut that's telling me I should speak up, I should ask, something's wrong, it's right. Mm-hmm. So. That's my first piece of advice. My second piece of advice is knowledge is power. I am a research nerd. Um, but however, go to reputable professional yes. sites. Yes. Like the National Institute of Health and the CDC and Mayo Clinic and places like that, not just any article on the on the web. And then and then it's very delicate. I actually wrote a whole post about um, how to 
balance going and being insertive and having done your homework, but at the same time, finessing that conversation and collaborating with doctors um, and, you know, asking their opinion. So it's a very delicate balance. um, But I would say, do your homework, listen to your gut, ask a lot of questions. If you don't feel like the answer or the, the path the doctor's taking is right, if you can, if you're able to get a second opinion, um, just keep pushing. Did you ever feel like you were being dismissed when you were asking questions? Yes, there, there was one doctor in particular who was very clear, did not like it when parents asked questions. And we got a different doctor. There's only been, I can count on my fingers, the times we've, I've changed doctors. And I have learned, I should have done it sooner. <laughs> It, I, I should have I should have been more assertive sooner a lot of times. So I've learned if you have that gut feeling, go ahead and do it. That's so I'm, 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 I'm glad that, that you brought this up because I think that is an important skill. I didn't I didn't know I had that freedom. I was mm-hmm. I was a rule follower. You go to this doctor, you do what the doctor says. But like you're saying, that mom instinct, there's something that's not quite right. And it's not the worrier mm-hmm. of a mom of a first child. There's right. something that you're seeing that there's a reason that that's flagging for you. Mm-hmm. And it might be mm-hmm. that everything's okay, but you need a doctor to say, you know what, this is all okay because, and then have them explain to you right. what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. And I and I will say here, because this sounds kind of medical, what we're talking about, we're not medical professionals that are exactly. sharing this. This is purely yeah. for just education and information. <laughs> you, you need mm-hmm. to, to do your research on this um, right. and to seek medical advice on these things. But, um, but I, I did have one doctor and it was actually, it was a great pediatrician for the kids. And I can remember with Emily at her four week checkup, um, just telling the doctor, you know, there's something wrong. And, and mm-hmm. he was like, no, she's mm-hmm. just looking at something else. It's like, no, can you just watch her for about 10 minutes? And within 10 minutes, he was on the phone calling the, the children's yep. hospital. So he agreed that now he thought it was something totally different, but that's okay. It mm-hmm. got us to, to our next step right. that we needed to be. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. it, and, and I learned from that, that sometimes it was okay to question but as you say, you need to do it with grace. You need to come in as a team player because the doctor is part of your child's team and will always be right. there as part of that team. Right. It's a difficult balance. And there's a lot of times like in the same hospital, they don't like for you to see a different doctor in the same clinic for a second opinion. So it is a very delicate balance. Uh, yes. I'm not saying if a doctor you know, doesn't give you the right answer, change doctors. I'm not saying that. I'm right. just saying really, really be assertive and um, keep pushing if you feel like something's not right. Back to your son again. So so for that, that early time, I, th- I think that was some great advice for our parents there. As your son has grown, has he gone on and defined hobbies and interests that that he's getting involved in? Because he's getting older now and I, 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 I don't want you to share anything personal about him, but as far as for our parents of looking at those young children now, what are they thinking about like 10 years from now um, into elementary school? Are, are their kids going to probably be able to be in there with the other kids, having fun, having games, having clubs, things like that? You know, as a, as a young mom, I'll just say it, it can be really hard, or, you know, parent, dad, it can be really hard because you worry about, is my child going to be able to, to do these things? Are they going to be able to do social things? Are they going to be able to be independent? Mm-hmm. And that can be really, really hard because you just don't know. 
and I agonized over that. He is, he's finding his own, his own way, things he does enjoy. He is, um, he's a science and math guy. So he, he loves, um, computer programming and, and definitely things like that. And, um, wants to be a doctor. So he's doing wow. some pre-med programs. And so he's finding his, his niche and, you know, his group of people, um, you know, we tried and tried to help steer him one way you know, with <laughs> social pragmatic groups and, and, you know, and different, tried to play dates and, and, uh, just realized, you know, I just have to let him follow what he enjoys and his personality. We had a guest on recently, and that was one of the things we were talking about is that the school years were a little bit harder because he felt a little more isolated, but he said right. by the time he got to college, he kind of found his people there. Mm -hmm. And, um, mm -hmm. and it, and it took that maturity for everyone, him and for his peers to realize right. that it's not always about who's, who's the best looking, who's the most outgoing. You find your group where you fit in. And, um, and he said as an adult, even it's been much easier than it was as a child. So this, so this is encouraging to, to hear on that too. Well, let's, um, let's move on to your daughter now. So, so she is your baby and I know that her birth had a big impact on your life. But tell us a little bit more about, about her journey. She, like I said, is our miracle. Um, and she just continues to surprise us. And we have always wanted to push her and challenge her to do as much as she can, but not push too hard. Mm. And we can see her growth. She, you know, started out itty bitty, two pounds, 11 ounces. Wow. Um, <laughs> through several surgeries, several critical, critical times in the NICU and, um, couldn't eat or drink until she was three years old because wow. she, she aspirated, um, everything went in her lungs basically right. that she tried to drink. So she's, uh, she was totally feeding tube dependent those years. She still is feeding tube dependent. Mm -hmm. Um, she just cannot drink and eat enough, um, definitely fluids okay. to stay, nutritionally where she needs to be. So she's, um, she gets feeding tube throughout the day and then all night long. She, um, we did lots and lots and lots of therapies. Um, I, we drove twice a week. I drove both of them actually twice a week, uh, for just therapies and then two other days a week for specialist appointments. But she, she has a very busy life, um, with, with doctor's appointments and, um, was, we're still doing some therapies. It got to the point where we had to make a decision that doing all the therapies was actually not benefiting her because she was too tired and sick mm. um, and getting so many colds and, and from being at the therapy places um, because she gets sick very, very easily if she gets tired. She's right. 12 and still takes naps. Okay. Um, so she, uh, she learned to walk, runs, um, She's a, a jokester. She, she, she's learning how to do practical, little practical jokes. Um, she, her greatest joy in life is making other people smile. She just loves other people. Um, which has been really hard for her during COVID because she had to be isolated right. until we could get to a point she could get past her booster shot. Um, and so now she's been able to go out and see other kids um, loves babies and, um, 
first time we went out, she got really sick, but we're, you know, we're having to make that care decision about quality of life. And so, yeah, she's our, she's our spunk. She's our miracle. I was going to say, I've seen some of your posts on um, social media and her smile would light up a room mm -hmm. from what it looks like. Mm -hmm. it's, it it's, she, she, she is a beautiful kid. It's, but, but she's seeing the joy in her face. Yeah. It, yeah. it, 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 it comes so across. Much. At her age now, what are some of the things that she enjoys doing? Beth loves being around people. And when she's not able to do that, she loves playing with baby dolls. She has probably 30 baby dolls. We've wow. got some of the ones that are like the reborns that look like real babies. Some of them mm -hmm. even breathe. And um, so she lines them up in her bassinet. Just loves taking care of her baby dolls. She loves kicking the ball. She loves just playing, running around. Um, she's kind of becoming a teenager in that she wants to be glued to her tablet, um, <laughs> which we let her, you know, do some, we limit, but she loves music, loves listening to music and dancing and, and singing. And uh, she just loves life. She just loves, you know, playing and, and just welcomes the new day, not knowing what it holds. Has she ever done any of the adaptive sports or like Miracle League Baseball or anything like that? We did. We did Special Olympic Soccer. Okay. Two years ago. We almost did it this spring. She wasn't quite cleared by her doctor okay. is what ended up, what it came down to. Well, maybe um, in the next year that'll be back again. We're hoping. Yeah. yeah. We are really hoping. I think, you know, there's so much out there that, you know, it's easy for a typically developing child to get involved in baseball mm -hmm. and soccer and scouting, mm -hmm. things like that. But I'm finding there's a lot of other programs out there that are available for our kids. And it's, but it's hard mm -hmm. to find them sometimes. So it's nice to it hear. It is hard. We do have a lot in our area. We're very fortunate. I know there's a gymnastics program two miles from our house. Oh, wow. um, I'd like to find a dance program that it, the issue comes in where the cost a lot of times Sometimes they're free, but then if they're not free, they're very costly. <laughs> so I've seen a few, that's kind of what we've yeah, run into. In North Carolina, I haven't seen any any near us, but I've seen some in, in the Charlotte area. So I think probably closer to the bigger cities. And, and you're, you're probably mm -hmm. close enough to be able to, We're if close there is to something. Nashville. Right. The, um, and then the, the other question, like we asked for your son, for parents who have a young child now, what advice would you give them as they're beginning this journey? just a tidbit of my personal story with our daughter's care needs and the pregnancy, I really struggled um, when both kids were young and um, it was very difficult to take care of my own self. And um, that did not go well. I ended up having a severe mental health um, crisis. And so I would just say first and foremost, we have to take care of ourselves, um, especially when a child has any needs, even just one additional need. Um, but if a child has multiple needs, that becomes very, very important um, to manage and to balance. The blog that you have, it's the Special Needs Moms blog. And those that are listening, if you haven't seen this yet, we're going to put the link in the show notes so you can get there. But go and check out what she has. Some of the articles that I've seen that you've had recently, I think there was one actually on taking care of yourself, mm -hmm. if I remember Quite correctly. Mm -hmm. The um, you had some on, um, you know, like gifts, gifts for mom. I think you did during Mother's Day, 
and mm-hmm. some travel things that, that your family has tried that's worked for them. And um, yeah, here it is, the uh, managing the pressures of caregiving stress. Um, I think you had that back about a month or so ago. So um, so she's got some great content on there. So if you're listening, you haven't found it yet, go and check that out. And um, she's got some great resources, what she's written, but also some other links to other things too. So um, so make, make sure that, that you check that out. And um, so the special needs moms blog.com, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Special needs moms blog.com. Mm-hmm. Special needs moms blog.com. Okay. So we'll, we'll put that in the show notes as a direct link so you can get there, whether you're on the YouTube channel or listening to the audio. So that, that, that'll be one you can click through to. And then, um, do you have any other contact information that you want to share or should they go through that to get to you? Yeah, uh, there, there's a contact page, but you know, directly contacts me. Um, I, I'd love to hear um, from listeners and um, help in any way I can. And definitely, like Tanya said, um, there are a lot of resources I've developed to help um, with parents. And our, my son and I actually wrote a book for siblings as well that's free. I saw um, that on there, but I wasn't sure who had written it. So, so it, 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 it was his book. It, it was, yeah, when he was 12. Yeah, oh, we, fun. we co-wrote it. Yeah, support for siblings. So, Fine. yeah. So I hope you check all that out, um, those who are listening, and please contact me with questions or any way I can help. When I saw that you do have a link for some free download resources as well, mm-hmm. so that so so look 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 at the articles that she has. Look look at the book that he's put out, but also look at the the free resources on that. And I think it's just mm-hmm. it's just emailed. Is that correct? Um, yeah, you just need to enter in your email, which subscribes you to my weekly blog post and oh, all nice. the freebies I send out, the new free resources I create. And you do get the book free and um, the free um, daily planner organizer I created that I wish oh, nice. I had when my kids were young. Um, and then you get the password to all the other downloadables. Nice. Nice. Okay. So we'll, we'll put that in there. And then um, we're going to close out this part for now. But next week, we're going to continue our visit and talk about Kristen's work with Special Needs Moms blog and a recent article that she posted about how to maintain structure for your children over the summer vacation. This episode, we spent some time just getting to know her, but I want you to come back next week and listen to the one where we're talking about that specifically, because all of us need help in the summertime whenever our kids are home <laughs> and we're kind of in, in, in different scheduling. Even my kids in college, we're all, all in, in different schedules right now. Everybody needs a schedule. <laughs> so Kristen, thank you for sharing with us today. And um, we'll, We'll continue this and let the others hear next week. You've been listening to the Water Prairie Chronicles. Any resources mentioned during this episode will be posted in the description. If you're interested in joining us as a guest, contact us through the links in the description below. Be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. We appreciate your support as we build this resource. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week for a new episode.